بسم الله الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم في الأولين وصل اللهم وسلم وبارك على حبيبنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم في الآخرين اللهم صل وسلم على حبيبنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم كلما ذكره الذاكرون الأبرار وكلما غفر ذكره الغافرون All praises due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who knows what you reveal and knows what we conceal and even knows what the animals feel We thank him, we praise him and on him we have reliance It is to him we only turn to for true guidance We ask him to send his peace, his blessings, his mercy on the best of human beings and prophets Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on whom be praise until the very end of our days. We ask him for steadfastness, guidance, mercy to save us from affliction, sickness and to save us on judgment day. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to preserve us in our families and to never afflict us in our faith so that we may go astray. We welcome everybody, alhamdulillah, to uh, the Jummah reminders in Ilmfid. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us in this medium to come together. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ حَقَّ تُقَاتِهِ وَلَا تَمُوتُونَ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ O you who believe, have true consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and do not pass away except that you are Muslims. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was the epitome for us in all circumstances, no doubt. And that is why it's not a surprise that when we look at finding guidance in these times, we look at the time, the life of Rasulullah and try to find what kind of guidance he has if he were to be among us today. What would the Prophet guide us to? And this is a question that every believer should really ask themselves when they're going through a situation is, if a Nabi was among us today, what would he do? Even though the question itself is, is invalid, the Prophet cannot be with us in this time, but his guidance is timeless. And that is why Allah the Prophet was given to us as that ultimate application of revelation when Allah subhanahu wa says لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ لِمَنْ كَانُوا يَرْجُوا اللَّهُ وَالْيَوْمَ الْآخِرِ Indeed in the example of the Prophet is the best of examples in everything, for every situation, for those who seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the final day, meaning the day you will be paid back and have consequences for your actions. And no doubt we look in these times where we're hearing constantly bad news. We're hearing constantly of uh, passing away of people. We're hearing constantly of the uh, affliction of the corona pandemic affecting people in all different parts of the world and in different ways. We're hearing people who uh, may have suffered in their finances, may have suffered in their health, may have suffered in loss. And all of these formats of, of loss and affliction and calamity may make someone lose a sense of hope, may make someone lose, think that, uh, you know, when is this going to end? When, how long is this going to go for? How long can I last until? And this in reality uh, is a normal human thing for you to have a sense of what's called futur, which for you to get restless, for you to have what they call cabin fever in the sense that you start becoming restless and feeling, okay, when, are, when, are, when can I go out? And this is normal, this idea of uh, feeling a sense of grief, feeling a sense of restriction and constriction because that's what isolation does to you in reality. So what the Prophet ﷺ showed us in this guidance is how to have optimism in these times. How to have optimism in these times. And this is what our prophetic reminder, uh, inshallah ta'ala, our Jummah prophetic reminder will be about, prophetic optimism. And how to overcome defeatist mentality. How to understand that we should not fall into the notion of 
okay, it's so it's so bad. It has never been as this worse in, the, in, in, in history and start to have this idea of becoming defeatist in our mentality and negativity, constant negativity and toxic negativity is not good. It's not good in that sense. So uh, the Prophet ﷺ no doubt himself went through moments of adversity, moments of affliction and hardship. You can say he had moments where if you, if we were in that position, we would have thought that this is the worst thing that could happen in my life. No doubt. And among them were, was in this month, in the month of Sha'ban, he lost his uncle Abu Talib. Abu Talib passed away in this month that we're in in the Islamic calendar. The month of Sha'ban before the month of Ramadan. And one month later, he lost his wife Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha. She passed away in Ramadan. So the idea being that the Prophet ﷺ, in fact, the same time we're going through this immense difficulty and hardship, which is the, pan, uh, the pandemic of coronavirus, the Prophet ﷺ himself went through a moment of hardship and difficulty. So now I want you all to look at seerah in a different light. And that is tying seerah of time with your life. So you're connecting how the Nabi ﷺ felt in this month throughout his life versus how you are feeling today as well. And you can see certain parallels. You can see in Mecca, imagine the Prophet ﷺ being attacked from all different ways. Once Abu Talib and Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha, when she passed away, they increased their attacks on the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa It felt as if though he was being attacked from all sides, sieged from all uh, aspects and all avenues. And that his, his own followers were being blocked and simply be saying, an yaqulu, an yaqulu rabbuna, rabbuna Allah. That they said, our Lord is Allah. That's the only reason they attacked them. So what is the guidance that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa in these times? There is a beautiful chapter of the Quran that we constantly draw reflection from and we should draw reflection from in light of what we're going through now in comparing to what the Prophet went through then. And that chapter of the Quran which gave the Prophet some amazing guidance of hope was Surah Yusuf where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes a Prophet who was from the family of Rasulullah As you all know, the Prophet is from the lineage of Ibrahim. And Ibrahim had two sons, Ishaq and Ismail. And the Prophet is from the lineage of Ismail, whereas his uncle would be, would be who? Ishaq. From his lineage would come Yaqub and would come Yusuf. And this is where the chapter is named after. So it's the family of Rasulullah who has all, also gone through a number of difficulties. And among them, if you're talking about confinement, if you're talking about quarantine, if you're talking about isolation, who faced that? None other than Yusuf you're talking about an isolation and confinement for the sake of God, for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not because of an affliction, not because of a calamity that forced the whole world to uh, this kind of pandemic quarantine, but because of the sake of God, for the sake of Allah azza wa jal. So there's a lot of parallels here. Among them was that Yaqub alayhi salam, the father of Yusuf, did not know at that time that Yusuf alayhi salam was still alive. And then not only that, he was given the news after that of another greater loss, a calamity on calamity, which is hearing that another one of his sons was taken from him, Binyamin. So you're talking about a father who has lost two sons, just like Rasulullah lost two family members. This is the parallel of the Quran and the power of the Quran in the life of Rasulullah When this verse was, these verses were revealed, it was after the deaths of Abu Talib and Khadija radiallahu anha. 
So I want you to understand some of the messages that was given to Rasulullah in prophetic optimism. Even the Prophet was given the message of hope and looking at the greater and the better and this is what he taught his companions. Among the verses that, uh, that were revealed to the Prophet was when Yaqub spoke to his sons and the sons who were uh, you know, they were tested with the dunya. They were tested with material fame and love and jealousy and the idea of why do why does our brother have a place in the heart of our father? They Their envy ate their hearts, right? So that made them do something so horrible as attacking their brother and wanting to throw him in a well. The their father, Yaqub he responded so powerfully and beautifully and he said to them something amazing when they told him about another son being taken away from him. And he, and he said to them, قَالَ بَلْ سَوَّلَتْ لَكُمْ أَنفُسُكُمْ أَمْرًا said, He said to them, no. Your souls must have tempted you to do something. You, you know, if a parent always recognizes if a, if a child has done something wrong, right? But he said to them, I am left with nothing except beautiful patience. Sabrun Jamil, beautiful patience. And who is this being told to? First and foremost, Ummat Muhammad Sallallahu and the and the leader of Ummat Muhammad Sallallahu the Prophet Sallallahu that the pro, that in times of calamity and affliction, you look to what? Beautiful patience, sabrun jameel. Sabrun jameel, why? Nothing happens to us. Say nothing will afflict us except what Allah has written for us. This is the reason why it's leading you to beautiful patience. The patience stems from the one thing the greatest claim Islam makes is that the greatest refuge that we have as believers is Allah. And the greatest trust we have in our life is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is the greatest trust. He is the yaqeen. He is the conviction. He is the ultimate refuge and solace for a, for a human being. So that is what gives us comfort. That is this idea that our life is connected to the divine. And the divine is the one that takes care of us even better than we take care of ourselves. That is why Yaqub said Sabrun Jameel. Fasabrun Jameel. Then, then look at the beauty of the patience. Look at his words. Sabr Jameel. The idea is the, the Jamal, the beauty is in the connection you have with your, with your Lord. That's the beauty. The beauty is in the fact that some of the scholars they mention, how can only a believer in the time of affliction, see the optimism in the fact that they're going through difficulty. Only a believer can do that. Everyone else is, is, is in panic and chaos. Only a believer can have that level of looking at the element of positivity and optimism in their Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's what Yaqub taught even his, his children who were cause of some of his anguish and hardship. And he says at the end of it, Surely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is alim. He is all-knowing and he's hakim. He's al-alim al-hakim. The all-knowing, meaning what? He's all-knowing of your intentions. He's all-knowing of your actions. And he's hakim in what he does. Allahu Akbar. Look at the words that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses. Allah is alim in you. 
Allah knows in detail your intentions and your actions and what's the state of our hearts. And Allah is Hakim in His actions. And Hakim means the one that who, who does everything for a divine wisdom. And in, in Arabic, what it refers to is Allah places everything in the right time, in the right place, in the right manner, in the right way, where it needs to be. Whatever is happening in the world is from the hikmah of Allah. Whatever is going on in your life, if Allah afflicts you, it is from His hikmah. And if Allah saves you, it is from His rahmah and His hikmah. So the idea being that whatever happens, we turn to Allah and say, this is from the hikmah of Allah. Allah knows. Wallahu ya'lamu wa antum la ta'lamun. Allah knows and you do not know. Allah knows and you do not know. Then he continues, I want you all to pay attention to this next verse. He says, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes first, look, the beauty of, this, of, these, of these verses is that Allah describes first the state of the heart and the state of what they're doing and then He describes their statements. As if Allah is telling us, look at what you're doing, look at the state of your hearts. It's sometimes more important than simply saying what in your, with your tongues. Right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes Yaqub's outer body. It is not just optimism to say with your mouth, but it's to actually enact with your, with your limbs. He says, عنهم, He separated himself from them. He taught, he sought spiritual retreat. He turned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is another element of prophetic optimism. Prophetic optimism in the, in the essence of turning to Allah, you have to sometimes turn away from people. You have to seek a moment of just reflection by yourself. You have to seek that moment of Sidq Ma'Allah Azza wa Jal, truthfulness with your Lord. So how can that happen when you're when you're when you're separate from people? When you're when you're away from people. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَتَوَلَّا عَنْهُمْ وَقَالَ يَا أَسَفَا عَلَى يُوسُفُ وَبْيَضَّتْ عَيْنَاهُ وَبْيَضَّتْ عَيْنَاهُ مِنَ الْحُزْنِ فَهُوَ كَظِيمٌ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and he turned away from them. And then when he was by himself, this is where the complaint then comes. That prophetic optimism teaches us what? Your complaint is in the moments when you're by yourself and you turn to your Lord and you raise your hands and you say, يَا رَبِّ مَسَّنِّيَ الضُّرُّ Like Ayub did. Oh my Lord, Ya Rabb is the one who takes care of you, who owns you, who nourishes you, who gives you more than you can give yourself. The one that is the absolute sense of level of care. And if you were to give an example, and we don't give examples with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the word Rabb, when you say Ya Rabbi, my Lord, it's, it's higher and more elevated than if you were to say to a parent, my mother or my father. This word has a level of connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is more deeper and greater than our connection with our own family or parents. Whether you were to say my love or my child, my, my, you know, when you say to your young daughter, my princess, or when you say to a, a loved one, Baba or Mama, this word is greater and higher than all of this. So when you call to Allah with the, with the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Rabbi, uh, as Ayub said, Masani al-Dur, there's harm has, has affected me. And if we were to turn to Allah and to say, Oh Allah, there, there, a sense of, of isolation and loneliness has touched me. As the Prophet ﷺ would make dua constantly saying, Oh Ya Rabbi, liman takiluni? SubhanAllah. Oh my Lord, who are you going to leave me to? Look at the sense of connection with Allah So the same thing with Yaqub, prophetic optimism teaches us that 
true you know resilience spiritual resilience comes in moments when you separate yourself and you turn to your lord in complaint saying oh allah i'm i am the weak servant in need who is going through hardship and you're not you're not unaware of it right and he and he he complained to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by saying, Ya Asafa. Ya Asafa is like, oh, the sorrow, the level of my sorrow I have for Yusuf. And it's a complaint to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? And then Allah describes him that he is sorrow. Meaning what? Why is, why is the description more than even the words? It's as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying is he knows the state of our hearts and the anguish and sadness we have before we can even say it. So the ayah actually discusses the description more than even the words itself, subhanAllah. As if Allah is saying, look, the level of closeness you have somebody is when you know what the one that you love loves and what you know what they dislike before they even say it. This is how much Allah loves us. And prophetic optimism teaches us that. Know who you're dealing with. You're dealing with the one that loves you so much that he knows before you even say something, what you're feeling, and before you complain of something, what harms you, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he says, Allah Azza wa Jal describes then his servant, وَبْيَضَّتْ عَيْنَاهُ مِنَ الْحُزْنِ And he, his, his eyes were whitened because of huzn. Huzn is to have a sense of anguish and sorrow from what passed in the past. And hum is to have anxiety over the unknown in the future. And the Prophet ﷺ in prophetic optimism taught us to seek refuge in Allah from both. To seek refuge in Allah from both. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-hammi wal-hazan. Or huzn, he would say. Oh Allah, protect me and I seek refuge in you from ham, anxiety about the future. When is this coronavirus going to stop? When is this pandemic going to end? When are people going to do something? When are, so this defeatist mentality, what are you saying? That it's, it's based from a fear. And that fear is the fear of anxiety, right? The anxiety, the fear of the unknown that you have. So the Prophet ﷺ in prophetic optimism told us to turn to the sense of dua that will help us relieve it. That will help us relieve it. And uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, because he was kaleem, it was such a, a powerful sorrow, he suppressed the sorrow. You know the type of person that, uh, they're in front of others, they try to they try to be strong. But when it comes in, in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you show your, your uh, vulnerability. You show your need to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And at the end of it, he describes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying, They said, by Allah, you will not cease to stop remembering your lost son until you lose your health or even your life. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the state of a parent who's lost a child. None of us knows the level of, of, of power of this kind of loss like those who have lost children. And subhanAllah, similarly now in the coronavirus, those who have lost their parents, those who have lost their family members, that level of hardship and pain. SubhanAllah, only Allah knows. Only Allah knows the level of difficulty. And that's why turning to Him, the one who is our caretaker to, find that level of of. of uh, solace and comfort and patience over loss. And then Allah, and then He says as a response to that, as a response to the idea that yes, no one knows the level of loss and pain, of hardship, of losing somebody. You, Ya'qub salam turns and says, قَالَ إِنَّمَا أَشْكُو بَثِّي وَحُزْنِي إِلَى اللَّهِ 
وأعلم من الله ما لا تعلمون. He replied, I only complain of my anguish and sorrow only to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because he knows what I'm going through. He alone knows what I'm going through. So why would I complain to anyone else other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And the idea of complaint here is two. One is complaint to creation. And this is normal. Somebody needs to seek uh, counsel and to get it off of their chest, as they say, to be able to vent to somebody. This is a normal human capacity. But it should be coupled with complaint to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I only complain of my anguish and my my sorrow and sadness of what's going to be an anxiety and anxiousness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he says to them, and this idea being he still has hope in his son. And when you have hope, then this is the advice of Yaqub alayhi salam, where the Prophet sallallahu is being also advised by him, where Yaqub alayhi salam says, Ya bani yadhabu fatahassasu min Yusuf. فَتَحَسَّسُوا مِنْ يُوسُفَ وَأَخِيهِ وَلَا تَيْأَسُوا مِنْ رَوْحِ اللَّهِ إِنَّهُ لَا يَيْأَسُوا مِنْ رَوْحِ اللَّهِ إِلَّا الْقَوْمُ الْكَافِرُونَ He says, O oh my sons, go and search for Yusuf and his brother. If there is hope, then have hope. If there is hope in prophetic optimism, then have hope. We know that, you, that he, he never, they never found the body of Yusuf and Benjamin now his other son is being taken. So, so Yaqub had a sense of hope at that moment. So that sense of hope is what he told them to have. He says, do not lose hope. From the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, 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 and believing in Him. No one loses hope in Allah's mercy except for those with no faith. And then when they found Him, when they found Him, what did Yaqub say? إِنِّي أَعْلَمُ مِنَ اللَّهِ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ I know about Allah that which you do not know. I know about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that which you do not know. And this is the level of, of ma'rifah that only people who are, who are close and who are conscious of Allah will, will achieve. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of that. And I want you all to just remind you, inshallah, with three things. And prophetic optimism. When it comes to prophetic op, uh, optimism in these times. And that is that the Prophet wasallam one day visited one uh, of his companions who uh, was very sick. And when he visited this companion who was extremely sick and going through a, a lot of difficulty and hardship, um, he asked him, what do you feel? What is it that you feel? And this companion from the Ansar, he said, by Allah, O Messenger of Allah, inni arju Allaha wa inni akhafu dhunubi. This is a companion of the Prophet who was on his deathbed. The Prophet goes and to visit him. And he asks him, how do you feel? And the, the, the companion knows that he's going to die. He's going to pass. This is a hadith that's narrated by Anas describing one of the Ansar and how the Prophet gave optimism towards a person who's passing away. A person who's not only going through affliction and calamity. The Prophet asked him a powerful question. And this, is, this teaches you a level of prophetic optimism. It, and it, it is allowing us to reflect over the moment. He asks them, How do you feel? So we ask ourselves, how do you feel in this moment? What are your feelings in this time? How do you feel in this moment of difficulty and pandemic? When people are in panic, how do you feel? And this is a young man who was dying. So the young man says, Ya Rasulullah, inni arjullah. 
Oh Allah, uh, oh Messenger of Allah, I have hope in Allah. Look at the level of prophetic optimism the Prophet has imparted to his companions. He says, I have hope in Allah, but there's only one thing I'm afraid of. He says, I'm afraid of my sins. I'm afraid of my sins. So look at the Prophet how he gives him prophetic optimism. He says, لا يجتمعان في قلب عبد في مثل هذا الموطن إلا أعطاه الله ما يرجو وآمنه مما يخاف. The Prophet the, the, the one who embodies mercy to mankind, he says, these two will not be gathered in the heart of a worshiper in a time like this except that Allah will grant them what they hope for and make them or save them or preserve them from what they fear. SubhanAllah Look at the difficulties and hardships we're facing. What do we really fear? What, do, what, is, what are our fears? Some people they fear losing toilet paper. Some people they feel like they're gonna not have food. And some people have genuine, they, they don't have the sense of knowing what their future holds. Their main fears are finances, right? They, they've probably lost their jobs. What are your fears? What are your fears? Especially in these moments. These moments should teach us that the one who has a connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that their dunya fears should not be comparable to the hope they have in Allah azza wa jal. They should, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be equal even. Rather, the hope that you have should outweigh the fears of this dunya. Why? We're in the care of Allah Azza wa Jal. As Allah keep, uh, told the Prophet Nothing will afflict us except what Allah written for us. What I'm afraid for is the things that I will be held responsible for. And what is that? My deeds, my sins, harming others with my mouth, harming others with my hand. Committing sins only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. So if you have that worry, the Prophet says, don't worry. Those two things in the heart of a believer, if they exist, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will, will grant them what they wanted, hope in Allah, and will keep them safe and preserve them uh, from what they fear. And uh, I want to share with you all two things when it comes to social isolation in this time. No doubt that it's a difficult moment that we're going through. It is a time where uh, many people may also feel a sense of um, you know, restriction and being constricted because we're, we're isolated for so long and you're asking, you know, when can we go out and all that. Uh, I will share with you the statement of the Noon al-Masri. The Noon al-Masri was a great uh, righteous scholar of, of our time, um, in, in, uh, of our ummah in the past. And he says something so beautiful. He said, someone who hides from mankind in, solid, in, in, in solitary confinement is not like the one who hides from, from mankind in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, their, their Lord and God. So someone who isolates themselves from people is not the one who isolates themselves, but they find companionship with Allah. This is the difference. So. Everyone is now faced with isolation. The only difference is what are you going to make out of it? What are you going to make out of it? The only way you're going to make something out of it is if you have a plan. You have a practical aspect of what you're going to do with your time. And subhanAllah, I looked actually at some of the 
benefits that some scholars who were unjustly put in prison, how they overcame some of their difficulties and hardships. And among those things was they found this is the perfect time to review their knowledge. This is a, a perfect time to read. This is a perfect time to, uh, to do projects that they've been wanting to do for, for many, many years. And subhanAllah, Allah gave them uh, you know, this affliction and they used it to their benefit. So when they came out of the affliction, it was actually a benefit to them and not a harm. And this is the, this is the prophetic optimism of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam that he taught this ummah. How can you use a bad situation to create positive benefit? And that's the question we have to ask ourselves. Are you going to come out of this uh, quarantine and coronavirus pandemic being a master of Netflix, a master of different movies, you've like memorized the lines of every single, you know, series. Is that what you're going to come out with? Or are you going to come out with some practical benefit that you've, you can say there's a personal development, there was knowledge that was gained, there was a project that you've been always wanting to do. This requires a routine, a list and working. Not, they say that uh, reaching, Reaching any uh, any goal is not going to be achieved except shaq al-anfus, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, right? It's not going to happen except with extreme uh, working and uh, tiring your, your body and your soul. So until you fear that level of tiredness, how are you going to achieve anything in life? Similarly with, with, with your faith as well in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And lastly, I want to share with you all uh, a beautiful, this article that came out, uh, which was, was honestly was such a, a, an amazing form of optimism I rarely see in the news. And the article's title was, it was by the Daily Beast, it's called, If You Have Anxiety and Depression, But Feel Better During Coronavirus, You're Not Alone. The article was written by a person who goes through like medically uh, you know, uh, medic, uh, a medical condition of anxiety and depression. They are medically uh, uh, depressed and, and, and they're, they're, they have to uh, seek medical help for it. So they said that it's, it's an awkward thing that in this time, while everybody becomes, uh, you know, anxious and has a sense of sadness or sorrow and depression, I actually in this time became better. And I've never found the level of panic attacks that I had in the past. And that was very interesting. I said, you know, why, why is that? And the person, they, uh, they uh, reflected on this. The, the lady's name uh, was Weinstein. And she said, to some degree, I feel conditioned for this based on things I've experienced in the past. And I said, this is such a powerful reflection. A person that's going through anxiety and depression, by the way, this is just her uh, experience. This doesn't mean everybody should feel this way, but that's just a, a beautiful understanding. She said that I feel like I've been conditioned for this because I've already had anxiety and depression. So when this pandemic uh, came, I felt like I was conditioned already for this. So a number of her friends went through panic attacks and anxiety and they went and turned to her to feel um, better and what, how can they have coping mechanisms. She felt like I could give them advice because I was already conditioned for this. I, I, I had a reflection on this, my brothers and sisters, and we'll end with this. The believer is also conditioned through difficulties and hardships that we face and calamities and afflictions that we go through in this world. And those conditioning you know, uh, um, experiences help us to make and go through and make it easy for us 
other moments of difficulty and hardship that we go through. And the only thing that helps us to that is, is our faith, is our faith. So true faith is our comfort and true refuge is in Allah in times of Eve, in times of ease, and definitely in times, in times of, of difficulty. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, my brothers, my sisters, in Surah At-Tawbah, verse 126, And I want you to pay attention to this, my brothers and sisters. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Do they not see that every person, every human being is tested and afflicted every year once or twice? Yet, they do not turn back to their Lord and they don't learn a lesson. Prophetic optimism teaches us two things and two important things, my brothers and sisters, and we will end with this. The first of which is, did we use this event to turn back to our Creator? Or are we still in a sense of heedlessness, sitting at home in a sense of, oh, you know what, it's just something that will pass, so I'm going to wait it out rather than using it in an event to say a, a accountability of yourself. Are you using it to turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And honestly, that's something to be optimistic for. And if we are not, we should ask ourselves why. And, Did you learn a lesson from it? What are the lessons that you learned from it? Write down the lessons. One thing that I'm doing is even on my Twitter account, is I'm actually writing down lessons that I'm learning for myself. So that I can go back and reflect and say, these are lessons that I've learned, okay? You can have a notebook, you can have on your wall, just write down the lessons and share them and remember them and reflect them. One of the greatest things that I learned is from a brother, a Somali brother, a young man who lost his father. And there's so many in our community there that are passing away, Allah grant them the highest levels of Jannah, right? And he said that ultimately, this was by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This was Allah's choice and Allah's decision. And therefore we are at peace with the one who is the most merciful with the decisions that he makes. I looked at him, I said, look at the strength this young man has. And only a person that goes through difficulty and hardship like that, Allah will give them that level of strength because of their faith. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in these times that he grant us prophetic optimism and not to be defeatist. One of the things that I will recommend to you all, my brothers and sisters, is number one, stop forwarding news articles to people. Stop doing that. The ones that, you know, they, they're, they're like the, the CNN on WhatsApp or the BBC. All they're doing is forwarding the news articles of bad news to people. Stop doing that. Number two, stop spreading conspiracy theories. 5G caused coronavirus and this, this is complete nonsense. It has no basis in Islam, nor basis in reality. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if a person comes to you with news, verify it. Verify your news before you click forward. I don't care if the article says, if you cannot verify that news, if it's true or not, make sure that it's verifiable news. Stop spreading defeatist mentality. Oh, I heard, did you know this is gonna, this is gonna last two years? Did you know that the, the vaccine is not gonna be uh, done for another uh, whatever? This is defeatist mentality. The Prophet ﷺ does not allow this. And the Prophet ﷺ says, Bashiru Make it easy for people. Bring good news to people. Don't make it, don't bring upon them more hardship. And he said, give good news, don't make them turn away. This is a hadith of Rasulullah. So don't be a bearer of bad news and you're like the Debbie Downer.
who's constantly sending bad things, stop doing that. There's no benefit in that whatsoever. Send people good things. Send people the du'as of the Prophet ﷺ, like we have. Uh, I, we have a, a, a set of du'as in the times of prophetic prayers, in epidemic and uh, sickness. Uh, you can send it inshallah ta'ala. It's bit.ly backslash tli covid uh, prayers. Okay? So you can send that inshallah if you'd like. Uh, and be, be a person of, good, of good, to, good news and glad tidings. Be a person that I want you all to also benefit from something. Don't be someone that's scrolling through your feed and you, you see someone, any person, Muslim or non-Muslim, that's going through an affliction except you make dua for them. You make dua for, make dua for people that you're seeing. That, don't just let this be some news that you're reading. My uncle is sick. Say, oh Allah, really? Say it with your heart. Oh Allah, grant them shifa. Oh Allah, have, uh, grant them cure and, and, and remove sickness from them. Don't allow things that you're reading on your news feed to just pass by. This is not the attitude of a believer. So even non-Muslims, make dua for them. Oh Allah, guide them. Oh Allah, remove sickness from them. And if it's, an, if it's a Muslim, oh Allah, have mercy on them. Oh Allah, give their, comf uh, their family solace. If you can, write a message of support. This is, a, this is the attitude of prophetic optimism. Be like the Prophet ﷺ who visited that sick young Ansari uh, boy, that young man who was dying on his deathbed. We can't visit each other now physically, so visit each other at, uh, virtually. Show that level of, of care and support for each other, inshallah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us in this time to uh, build prophetic optimism, to bless us and our families, to protect us and our loved ones, to have mercy on those who have passed away. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He allow this time to be a time of benefit for us, even though this is a great time of affliction and hardship. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He remove this affliction from all over the world. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He be in the aid of those that even in this affliction and calamity and hardship, they're going through hardship and difficulty. Like our Muslim brothers in India, they're being attacked by a fascist state who is attacking Muslims in this time while there is a pandemic. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remove this injustice from our Muslim brothers and sisters in India and in Kashmir and in Yemen and in all the places where Muslims suffer like in Syria who are being attacked for only saying our Lord is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be with our brothers and sisters in Burma and in Somalia and in Afghanistan where while they're facing a pandemic, there is war. Allah azawajal grant them sense and allow them to have peace and to bring to all the Muslim and non-Muslim lands, a removal of this affliction. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect all of our uh, Muslim brothers and sisters and our non-Muslim brothers and sisters in humanity. May Allah lift this from us and we reflect over our selfishness that we had so that we do not uh, come out of this going back to the abuse we had on this planet, this abuse we had over others. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those that reflect and think how we can be in the aid of and service of His creation, in servitude to our Lord. Not be selfish where we're hoarding and we're going and we're taking uh, more than we need. Rather, we reflect over the needs of others. In this time, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to not make the isolation spiritual confinement, but rather make it spiritual refinement. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless all of you. May Allah azawajal uh, bless the uh, brothers and sisters in Ilmfeed uh, who, are, who are working so hard to grant us an ability to connect like this. And please keep all of each other in your du'as. And I want you to reflect over what the Prophet ﷺ said in that beautiful hadith. لا يجتمعان في قلب عبد في مثل هذا الموطن 
These two things never are in the heart of a believer except that Allah will grant him what he has. Hope in Allah, prophetic optimism. And being fearful of your the state of your nafs, the state of your ego, the state of your soul. May Allah Azawajal refine our souls. Inshallah we'll see you all soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.